0: Everybody has a story, but not everyone gets to tell theirs. That's where I come in. Learning how she smashed her femur in the accident that killed her friends doesn't change the way I'll do her spinal anesthetic, but it does provide an audience to the story she needs to tell. People have many different reasons for becoming doctors, and perhaps it's no surprise that mine began with a book. I used to think it was because of the conscientious doctors, but these days I think that really it was the stories I was after. I could probably save myself a lot of time and effort if I learned to interrupt patients before that point where their medical history becomes their personal narrative. There are only a few pertinent facts that we need to know to safely take someone to the brink of death and back, and their life story isn't one of them. But more often than not, I find myself settling in. A more romantic person than I would say that every story is unique and interesting, but a lot of it is actually kind of boring, repetitive, and really unoriginal. And yet, I'm a storyteller. My charts are works of art, chronicling failed and successful attempts, and surprising intraoperative events. The graphs of their vitals are annotated carefully. You see here, the surgeon was leaning on the circuit again, which is why the airway pressures were so high. And on this day, the bear hugger was actually broken. So it's not my fault that the patient was called. I tell interns that the details are to protect myself from any future lawyers, but actually this day is part of someone's story and since they probably won't remember it very well, I write it down to make it real. So many of our names will be forgotten. Some people believe that when the last person who knows your name finally dies, we truly cease to exist. Legally, I may not write down their names, but I do hope that by writing down their stories, I can immortalize them. It remains the only way I know to cure death. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of MacAwake the podcast that explores the light and the deep of anesthesia in South Africa. This is your friendly gas monkey coming to you, not live, from a regional hospital near you. Why did I start this podcast? Well, I do love my job. I do love medicine. Finally, it took a while. But I continue to have a lot to say i believe that a lot of conversation still needs to happen in anesthesia and the medical world at large and i think that we argue a lot about absurd little things that don't make a big difference or that aren't evidence-based and we don't talk about the important things that not only affect the people within the medical field but also our patients the piece i shared at the beginning of this episode was written shortly after an interesting discussion with a friend of mine that's still studying medicine about our experiences taking patient histories and the resistance we've had from our colleagues and our seniors. So at the beginning of medical school, my class was told about this study that found that 75% of diagnoses in family practice can be made upon history alone. I can't quote this study to you because I haven't been able to find it, and I'm not entirely sure that it wasn't perhaps exaggerated a little bit. I do know that many doctors, especially in my generation and younger, do get annoyed by being told by many people that we don't listen to patients, we're not interested in taking their history, especially when we don't speak their language, which we do know is often a problem in South Africa with 11 official languages, plus some unofficial languages. But honestly, no matter the effort that we put in, it seems there's always a question we forget or a question that the consultant will ask the patient and get a completely different answer than you got. My belief is that we will only start benefiting from taking medical histories when we stop having the ulterior motive purely to benefit the treatment Um, the anesthetic or the surgery, and when we start listening for the story itself. Have you ever asked yourself why medical students get the interesting facts from patients? Why they always end up telling us these long stories? Well, it's because they don't know what they're doing. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because medical students are still finding their feet. They recognize that they've met someone they don't know, someone with a story, and they're feeling their way around so that they can find the answers that will reveal to them the truth, so to speak. Of course, there will always be the senior or consultant or moody medical officer who will look at a long history by a medical student or a brand new intern, perhaps, and say, you know, this is rubbish. You've basically just killed a whole entire rainforest. Um, nobody cares get to the point you're wasting our time on this ward round look it's debatable if everybody already knows the patient's long history but my favorite consultants are the ones that write in patients folders in prose i feel like maybe consultants are the only ones who can get away with that another memorable um patient folder i saw once had two consultants writing to one another about a patient in limerick format and they weren't insulting or or inappropriate limericks they were actually they were actually really good so one of the most formative experiences in my medical career was actually in my third year during internal medicine when we called a rheumatology consultant to see one of our patients well in brackets my patients um who was a young man very ill with a severe proximal myopathy as well as cardiac involvement and respiratory involvement and i ended up having to present this patient and it was really one of the best presentations that i've ever given not because it was so good and eloquent, because have you ever heard a third year do a presentation in general medicine no offense but it takes some time but more because i got to know this consultant firstly this pe- this consultant spoke so well and so nicely to this patient and then secondly he turned to me and he started talking to me but not just about medical things, he started telling me about Malcolm Gladwell books that I should read, which, by the way, I still haven't read to this day, but I've read summaries and I've watched TED Talks, so I think that kind of stands for something. And he also told me about The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which I've only watched the film. I do actually like reading. It's just that I don't always get to the things people recommend. And he told me about how Jean-Dominique felt like he was underwater when his doctors were around him, but truly felt like he could soar when he was with his therapists. And that was the day that I decided that I don't want to be the doctor that makes someone feel like they're drowning, like everything in front of them is murky, like they can't really hear nicely and they just don't understand what's going on. That's not the clinician I want to be. I want to be the clinician that listens and that asks the right questions or all the questions or just maybe shuts up and stops asking questions so that the patient can actually tell me what they want to say now i do know that all doctors are different not all of us enjoy stories not all of us see ourselves as storytellers but you know this is my podcast and this is about my views I also know and understand and have experience that we don't always have the time to listen to every single patient's story. For example, if I finish my list at 5 p.m. and I still have to go see my ortho pre-meds of 12 patients that I know are not gonna all be operated on, but anyways, I can't find the deep dark truth of every patient. And I have to figure out who has a straightforward femur fracture And who has an underlying story that I need to find? I think that stories matter. The field of narrative medicine thinks that story matters. And you think that stories matter. I know this because at brides with medical colleagues we all end up talking shop and eventually a non-medical person might suggest that we talk about something else because they're feeling a little bit queasy. By the way, patient confidentiality, anyone? I feel that South African doctors really need to work on how much we divulge in the company of people who don't directly treat these patients. Also, isn't it kind of bad manners to talk about work things in general company? Anyways, what I'm saying is if you're one of those people that likes to talk to patients, don't stop. Take care that you don't stay at work until 8 p.m. when you could actually leave at 5 or 6. But don't stop and don't let anybody tell you that it's not worth it. If nothing else, the patient will benefit from it. This is where I'm going to say bye for today and I invite you to meet me on Instagram at my very new account at mac.awake that's at mac.awake and perhaps while you're at it let me know which Malcolm Gladwell book you think I should read. Until then, this is the gas monkey. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, night, night, sleep tight, ciao.